Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us on Growing Together. Um, we appreciate this segment on, uh, on some of our broadcasts that we do. And uh, it's where we just, uh, if you are new to it, it's where we just dig a little deeper into uh, the word that was spoken by one of our teaching team members uh, in previous weeks. So uh, thank you for joining us and being a part of that tonight. We're looking forward to a good time together. Um, we kicked off a new series this past week. Uh, and we talked about uh, the whole theme of it is do unto others. Um, it was kind of a unique week in the fact that uh, we were dealing with presidential election. And uh, so the message that I preached on Sunday was entitled Give Love. Uh, really the whole teaching of the month is going to be things that we give. We give love, we give honor, we give grace, we give hope, um, and those kinds of things. And this week we talked about giving love, um, but we also talked about in the context that we're currently living, all right, um, with so much that's going on. Obviously, uh, the pandemic, as I mentioned, the presidential election and all that, it, it, it's been a lot. It's been, I guess it's been a season to say it this way. It's been a season for many, it's been a hard season to give love. Uh, people are, have been a little discouraged over what's going on. Life just doesn't seem normal. And then really what I want to talk about today is a little bit deeper on what we talked about uh, a couple days ago, and that is on the whole concept of um, giving love. And so if you remember, we talked about not only give love, but then we talked, the, the second point that I really talked about was love gives respect to those in authority. And um, we talked about the initial context. So one of the things when as preachers and those on the teaching team are getting their word together, uh, you're, you're giving context for what the Bible says. Uh, it's referred to in Bible college as exegesis. In other words, here's, here's what it is. When you exegete a passage, the Bible, the word of God, no matter how you're reading it, leather bound or on your iPad, the Bible can never mean something to us that it didn't first mean to the original listeners. So when Paul is writing, my text uh, this past week was from Romans. So the, the scripture that we read in Romans 12 and 13 can't mean anything to us that it didn't mean to the original uh, recipients of Paul's letter, okay? But what we also need to do when we're reading the Bible in 2020, we need to exegete and do the homiletics of saying, well, what was the culture like back then? Uh, and so I gave some of that this past week. When we talk about this idea of love gives respect to those in authority, I read from Romans uh, 13, verses 1 through 2, and I'm going to read it again right now. It's from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Everyone must submit to governing authority. So everyone. So that's pretty much everyone. He's writing to Christians. It's a letter to the church. For all authority comes from God. That's a key statement. All authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And that, that to me is just one of those verses, you got to just stop, hit the pause button and reflect on that for a moment. Have a sila like it has in the Old Testament, just a, a pause to say, okay, what did I just read? Everyone must submit to governing authorities. All authority has come from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So that is a, a big deal. And I talked about Sunday about the context of, for Paul, as he's writing that, the exegesis would be, as he's writing that, Nero is the emperor of Rome. 
not the United States, not a constitution, not the founding fathers, none of that. It, we're talking to the Roman civilization. Nero is the leader. He's the emperor. And as you know, and I said it, he was one of the most wicked leaders uh, of all time. All right. Yet what we learned in that was that God has established human government. Uh, I talked about a little bit about it. We'll go a little on here. I talked about Cain killing Abel. You go all the way back to the beginning, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. So Adam and Eve have Cain and Abel. Cain's the older brother. He's offering these fruit sacrifices. He's giving what he has, but it's not a blood sacrifice. You know, Abel was a shepherd, a keeper of animals, and he offered a blood sacrifice. And, you know, if you know the story, if not, you ought to read it in Genesis 2, 3, 4 in there. It talks about that Cain became jealous because God wasn't pleased with his offerings. So in his anger and his jealousy, he rose up and he killed Cain or killed Abel. And there, there's no human government. There's no police. There's no one to say, hey, that's not right. Um, there's no capital punishment. There's none of that. God says, I'm going to deal with this. And when you read it, it's, it's talking about a mark that he puts on Cain to say, if anyone deals with um, Cain and tries to get revenge on him, you're going to deal with me and I'm, I'm going to take care of it. Now, I also referenced in Genesis 9, 6, when you look at Genesis 9, 6, um, that is where God begins to institute a little bit of this human government. Uh, and it says this in Genesis 9, 6, um, by whoever sheds man's blood, whoever, let's say it's Cain killing Abel, by man shall his blood be shed. So now they're, they're creating this accountability, okay? Um, you, when you read that in Genesis 9, 6, so now if you've taken someone's life, now another human being is going to take your life. And then we just talked about how God began to institute human government. We also talked about the fact that uh, there's different kinds of, of, of authority, okay? Um, different spheres of it. There's obviously government. I, I mentioned uh, this week that there's no particular form of government that God says that's the biblical form. It could be a democracy. It could be a monarchy. It could be parliament. It could be Congress. We know there's a lot of, you know, we obviously know in this world there's communist governments where they say they're doing what's right for the people and it's socialism and they're trying to help people. But really, in many cases, they're not doing that. So there's not a particular form of government that has God's blessing. I said, I do believe, thank God we live in America. Thank God for the constitution. Thank God for the balance of power, the executive branch, judicial, legislative, that, you know, it's not just some monarch or some dictator that's saying, this is the way it's going to go. But all authority has come from God. So one of those authorities is government. One is the local church. There's authority in the local church. Okay, now ultimately the church, just to take a little deeper, in our church, the foundation of what we teach is the Bible. So it's not the church and then the Bible. No, it's the Bible and the church sits here. The Bible has ultimate authority to the Assemblies of God, to GT Church. It's not what we think about it. It's not our interpretation of it. It's the Bible, all right? The original Hebrew and Greek, the Old Testament, that is what dictates our doctrine. That's what dictates our beliefs. Now, obviously, we know there's different denominations with different interpretations, but there's authority in the local church, and it comes from the Word of God. Even the way the, word is, uh, the church is structured with elders and deacons, 
okay? The small groups, they taught publicly and from house to house. All of our structure and the authority of the local church comes from the Bible. Obviously, the family is, is a big part of God's authority. Um, you know, children are to obey and honor their parents, all right? Um, parents are supposed to treat their kids in a right way. They're not to, you know, to create a struggle for their kids or always be against them. So there's this structure and authority in a family. And then I talked about, obviously, with your employment or who you're uh, job is with and those kind of things. One of the big things that I said we need to think about it is this, is that all authority comes from God. All people that are in authority have been placed there by God, but we do live in a fallen world, okay? Because of sin, many times those in authority, it could be, you name it, it could be government officials, it could be police, it could be preachers, it could be lawyers, it could be anyone, any human being that is in authority the danger is that because they're a human being, because they're a sinful creature, that we can be prone to misuse the authority, all right? We can misuse our authority, uh, rather to benefit ourselves or that, rather than those that we're serving. And so I made a, a real important point on that this week, and so I'm glad you're joining us now to think about that a little bit more. I did say in regard to the election, uh, speaking now, obviously, to Americans, like, it's not the Republicans or the Democrats that are going to save us. Thank God for those uh, parties. Thank God that they're all trying to do their best. But what Paul was saying was, look, Nero is my emperor, and yet I need to give him honor, and I need to give him respect. And so we talked about that a little bit. Then I went through just like a lot of the teaching from the Bible, like that, you know, human government many times gets messed up, but yet it still comes from God. We talked about the division of uh, Solomon's sons, you know, Rehoboam that was taking over the monarchy. And now the kingdom, Israel becomes divided to the northern kingdom, Israel, and the southern kingdom, Judah, because Jeroboam fought against Rehoboam. And I would really encourage you, go back and read uh, First Kings, you know, in the early chapters, like, you know, chapters 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, you can read about how Jeroboam now was afraid, now that he's the leader of the northern kingdom he's afraid people are going to still go to judah to jerusalem and so he creates his own religion he creates his own holidays his own church calendar he wants people to worship in northern israel and not go to jerusalem so you can see the the heartache in in some of the things that happen in human government we talked about at the same time nebuchadnezzar king cyrus when you read in, in daniel jeremiah it talks about nebuchadnezzar even though he was a pagan totally worshiped idols, wanted everything for himself, yet God calls him his servant because he was using Nebuchadnezzar to get the attention of Israel. And so I think the most important thing I shared on Sunday was uh, with Pilate and how Jesus Christ gave a good confession in front of Pilate. You read that in Timothy, but when you read it in John, and, and I gave the discourse of how Jesus is talking to Pilate, uh, well, he's not talking to Pilate. Pilate's talking to him and says, don't you know who I am? Don't you know the authority I have? Don't you know that I can either set you free or I can send you to the cross? Don't you know that I can let you go and, and just think this is really not a big deal or I can have you crucified? And what did I, we read in, in John chapter 19, um, here's what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said, you would have no authority over me. Notice that authority unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, 
uh, he who delivered me to you has greater sin. So he's telling Pilate, listen, you think you're all that? You think you're this great? You would have no authority over me had it not been given to you by God, which again reinforces that all authority comes from God, all right? That those that are in positions of authority have been placed there by God, whether they're good or bad, whether they serve the people or they don't. And so what a great conversation to have. Uh, something I really didn't get into, and I'll kind of wrap up with this thought, um, is that is there ever a time to be civilly disobedient? Because, you know, it goes on in Romans 13 and talks about how, you know, we're, we're supposed to honor those in authority. In fact, I'm going to uh, read it for us here. Uh, here's what it says. Verse 3, Romans 13, 3. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what's right, and again, they will honor you. Now, again, I said, there are people in authority that can miss these things. There are people that do what's right, they're being honorable, yet their government or those in authority are wicked and they're sinful, and they still take advantage of people, all right? Verse four goes on to say, the authorities are God's servants. There it is again sent for your good. That's the purpose of human government. It's for good. It's to benefit the people. Paul says, but if you're doing, uh, if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. So we talk about how human government does have the authority. They don't bear the sword in vain. They don't have their power in vain. Um, we talk about all the, you know, lawlessness and the break-ins and the looting and, and, you know, going after police and throwing stones. Those people need to be dealt with. There's not, that's not peaceful protest. Now, if you're just peacefully protesting, okay, you're making your statement known. I think of one of the great heroes, Martin Luther King, that changed this country in such a powerful way. It was a peaceful and prayerful protest. It was him living out the dream of seeing uh, different races love each other and get along and treat people as equals rather than superior. But when people are taking advantage of things through lawlessness and just saying, oh, I'm doing this in, to, to support so-and-so, but I'm breaking into a Walmart and stealing things, you know, that's wrong. And the government, human government, police and others have the authority given to them by God to stop that kind of sinful uh, lawlessness, all right? But there are times when you think about like, um, is there ever a time? Like, so when the government is asking us to do something that's completely unbiblical, there are countries of the world where they'll say, you can only have one child. And if you have more than one child, or the number we allow you, you're going to have to abort them. Uh, I talked Sunday about, like, when we vote, we need to vote in a way that would honor the word of God. We can't vote for platforms or parties that are fighting against what the Bible says is our life and how we should live. And so that is very, very significant. And hopefully, as you're uh, voting, um, you know, you are, you are thinking about that. It's not just the personality. It's not the person. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. What's the platform? What is the closest thing to the Bible that we're going to get? It's never perfect. No candidate's perfect. Neither candidate may not even be a Christian. We really don't know. But what platform most lines up with the Word of God? That's how we should be voting. But I, there are times, for, for example, the apostles, when they were said, you can't preach in the name of Jesus Christ. And they beat them and they persecuted them. And they said, listen, 
Um, you can do to us what we want, you want, but we are not going to stop proclaiming the name of Jesus. So there are times I, I was thinking, I had it in my notes um, from this Sunday, and I ended up not talking about it because of time. But I'll let you think about this, and we can obviously, whoever you're listening to this with, you can have a discussion. Uh, for example, America itself, if we're to honor and be respectful of human governments, well, what about tyranny? What about where, What about the revolution? And so I wrote this in my notes. Imagine that you're a Christian farmer living peacefully in um, the, the colonies of America when word comes that a bunch of politicians in Philadelphia have declared independence from Great Britain. What are you supposed to do? Are, are, we, are we supposed to fight? I mean, you read the, I mean, it's great reading. I loved history. You read of the preachers that were preaching sermons on Sunday and they were grabbing their rifle and joining the militias Sunday afternoon to fight the Redcoats. So I, I certainly do believe there's just war theory. There's times when you have to come against warlords or you have to come against the tyrannical government and you need to revolt. Um, thankfully in America, we haven't got to that point. We do need to, we need to, we can protest and we can say, this isn't right. This needs to be done differently, peacefully. I'm not talking about lawless rioting, but um, there are times. And so that makes for a good discussion. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that this has encouraged you to dig in a little deeper into the word of God, to do a study on human government. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I guess the last thought I'll kind of give you that when you read the Bible, Genesis 1 through 11, takes more time in history than you could ever imagine. It almost takes as much and meant more years than the remaining part of the Bible. And so there's a lot that you can read as God begins to establish human government and that he's put all authority there. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Let's dig deeper in the word of God and let's keep growing together in Christ. God bless you.